Welcome to CDCR Unlocked. I'm Joe Orlando. And I'm Tessa Outheis. If you are new here, welcome. If you have listened to us before, welcome back. This is the department podcast for CDCR. We cover all of the awesome things going on in the department, the really cool stories that come from the wonderful people who make this department tick. And, and you know what, Tessa, one of those people that we're going to hear from today, uh, his name is John Badgett. John spent 30 years behind the walls. Um, it took him 20 years to actually, for the light to go on in, in his life and realize, you know what, if I want to turn things around, I better start now. So so that's what he did. He got involved with the uh, Offender Mentor Certification Program, and we, we just wanted to hear his story. So let's hear his story. My name is John Badgett. I committed a crime in 1989 and was sentenced to life in prison in 1991. When I arrived at San Quentin Reception Center, I believed and was even told by my counselor that I would die in prison, that my future consisted solely of doing time. And with that, it fostered a sense of anger and hopelessness I had a parole hearing in 2006 when I was first eligible and I walked in and refused to participate in the hearing and walked back out five minutes later and got a five-year denial. I did that because I knew that I was going to get a denial anyhow. I'd not taken any programs. There at that point really wasn't any available and even if they were, I probably wouldn't have taken them. And I went in and got the denial on my terms instead of somebody else's. It gave me some kind of sense of control. The laws changed in 2009 and now they could give the maximum denial of a 15. So my family had asked me to stop being a knucklehead and do what was necessary in order to try to parole. I took three classes before I went into my hearing in 2011, just for the chrono. I wasn't in there to get anything out of the class. I wasn't interested in working on myself. I just wanted some type of documentation to show the parole board that I was suitable. And during that hearing, life really changed for me. I signed up at that point for every class that I could take, victim impact, criminal thinking, anger management, substance use classes, to look within and gain the insight into myself to address those issues that led me to commit the crime that I did. Along the way, I was given an opportunity to apply for the Offender Mentor Certification Program and was accepted into the program, which was a year-long training to become a state-certified addiction treatment counselor. One of the great things in the OMCP was the parallel process, which is While I'm teaching classes and helping others, I also work on myself and help myself to gain more insight and more tools to use. As much as I'm able to help other people look within them, I learn something from groups all the time. And I did that for the last six years that I was incarcerated. During that period of time in 2016, I went back for a suitability hearing and was actually found suitable by the board. And 30 days before the review process ended, the governor rescinded the grant of parole and 
reinstated the life sentence. And it was devastating. It, I felt a pain that I hadn't felt in years. And I knew that I had a choice at that point. I could just throw in the towel and say to heck with it and this stuff doesn't work and I'm never gonna get out and go back into that frame of mind that I was gonna die in prison and just live life comfortably or I could stick with a path that I had found meaning and purpose on and continue doing what I'm gonna do and let things work out as they would. Fortunately, I had a support team around me, some of my OMCP mentors that I worked with and other people who encouraged me and helped me to stay on the right track. And I went back in 2018 and once more got found suitable. And once more, the governor took the date. It was difficult when that happened, when it got rescinded the second time. It was very difficult to stay on track on one aspect, on the other aspect of it. I did not want to disappoint everybody that invested in me. I had a lot of people who looked to me for instruction and courage. And I knew that if I threw in the towel, it wasn't just about me at that point. I also held on to hope because I knew what it was like to live hopeless and held on to the belief that I still had one foot out of the door since I'd been found suitable. It wasn't a matter of the board not finding me suitable. It was a matter of addressing the governor's concerns. So I stuck with it. And in the summer of 2020 was found suitable for the third time. And that entire grant period, I was just waiting for the hammer to fall waiting for it to be taken again and trying to prepare myself mentally for it to be rescinded, which thankfully it wasn't. In November of 2020, the governor took no action and I was paroled. After almost 32 years in prison, I was told three days before I was paroling that I would be leaving. At that point, the emotions were almost overwhelming. I had things to give away, people to say goodbye to, the people that I had grown to love and knew the best in my life, I knew I'd be walking away from. And that was difficult. As much as I wanted my freedom, I, I knew that there's some people that I'd probably never see again. The first day out was a heck of an experience. I went to Black Bear Diner for breakfast and ate everything on the plate and promptly got car sick when we left and got on the interstate. Life went from walking speed for decades to 80 miles an hour and everybody moving so fast around us. And it was almost sensory overload. I've had other instances in my transition of not knowing what to do, whether it was not knowing how to get on the BART in downtown Oakland or other things that I've had to just stop and ask somebody, hey, will you please help me? And in my experience, every time I've asked for help from a stranger, an employee, whomever it is, I've received it, which really has renewed my faith in people because 
kindness in general is in short supply behind the walls. Throughout the term of my incarceration, I was only able to see my mom on a visit one time because she lives out of state and she was elderly and couldn't travel. Within six months of parole, I was able to fly back and see her for the first time in decades and being able to spend 10 days with my parents and some quality time with them and say the things that needed to be said was extremely rewarding and one of the most happiest times of my entire life. There's also challenges that we are going to encounter and some of them you never know when it's going to happen. I was at work one day teaching classes to the probationers and when I walked out for lunch someone had stolen my vehicle out of the parking lot of the courthouse. I had a tracker on my phone and looked at it and could see exactly where my vehicle was and knew at that point that there was a real decision I was going to, that I needed to make. Was I going to go over to that place and try to get my vehicle back or call the authorities and let them do their job? As angry as I was and as offended and disrespected as I felt, I still maintained my composure and anger and managed it and understood that's why I had insurance. That's the insurance company to find out where that vehicle is at. That's the sheriff's department's job to do their job. My job was to go back in there and teach the classes in the afternoon that I had signed up for to teach. And what I've come to learn through real life experience and the challenges that I have faced is all the classes that I took and taught for so many years really do work. The anger management works and it wasn't easy. I was pacing. I had the thoughts going through my head. I also had a couple of people that I did call that helped immediately calm me. And my own sense of doing right helped me maintain my focus and continue, even though that was a setback. During my first year of working at Archway Recovery, I made more money than I had made in my entire life before that. By the end of the year, I was able to purchase a boat, put a down payment on a brand new vehicle, and purchase a home. Today, where I make over $30 an hour and am able to save money, invest in my future, and live comfortably. This is directly related to the opportunities and the skills that I was given through the training and the continuous work, working for DRP as a certified mentor. What I would encourage each of you is to hang on to hope. I know what it's like to be hopeless. I know what it's like to be at the beginning of the journey and not see an end in sight. However, I could have shortened my stay in prison by 15 years if I'd have done the right thing in the beginning. Easily shortened it by a decade. Instead, not seeing light at the end of the tunnel, not being able to hold on to hope or, or participating in the programs that were available 
had me sitting in there for a lot longer than I needed to. I'm at where I'm at today through application of the skills and the tools that were taught in the classes that I took and taught along the way. It's helped me to be successful. It's helped me to maintain through some challenging situations because while it's not all rainbows and bubble gum out here, my worst day out here is still better than my best day in prison ever was. A friend who's still incarcerated recently called me and during the conversation, he asked me what I was gonna have for lunch. And I simply told him whatever I want. And I didn't say it to be mean, but the reality is part of freedom is being able to have choices and not eat whatever is served to you, but be able to go out and make your own decisions. I understand for many of us that were incarcerated in the 90s and 2000s, there wasn't a lot of rehabilitative programs available, but that has changed in today's day and age. There are college programs, vocational training, educational programs, the DRP programs, ISUT programs, all of these are available. And what's keeping most people in prison today are themselves. When we go in and address our issues and develop the insight and the understanding and the skill set to not reoffend, you find your freedom. But you can also find the freedom within and the hope and hold on to that and become a better person. It's not just about getting past the board. It truly is about becoming a better person. And then you reap the rewards, the rewards of that hard work that you an investment in the self. John Badger, what an incredible story. And the thing about this is the OMCP, the Offender Mentor Certification Program. Uh, I was at CSP Solano, California State Prison Solano, a year ago, and they had a graduation. And every single one of those guys that were involved in the OMCP graduated. It was the first time that this has happened. And so it just it shows you. And as a matter of fact, John Badgett came out of that program. So he's, he's one of the guys that, you know, it's, it's a success story and great to hear. You know, I heard a phrase recently, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. Isn't that so true? It is true. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening. This has been CDCR Unlocked. Look for new episodes every other Thursday, and we'll see you next time.